0: Welcome to the Success School Podcast. We're super excited to have episode 18 coming up. Welcome, Steph.
1: Hello. It is so nice to be back here as always.
0: Steph, let's kick off this episode with your learning of the week. What do you got for us this week? Last week, we were talking about breathing. Um, we'll see if it's a little bit more specific to business this week.
1: <laughs> okay, I can probably make it more specific to business, but it's actually still not that business specific. So we when we got married, Tim and I, we had this really cool experience where one of our good friends, Heidi, came to our wedding and she made an effort to go around to every single other person at the wedding and get to know them, which we loved. And so since we've been married, we've made it our commitment To do the same thing at weddings. And so we went to a wedding on the weekend down south and we made an effort and we made a little promise to ourselves that we would go around and we would meet as many people as we could at the wedding. Now, it is really awkward to walk into the middle of someone's conversation that you don't know and then have to strike up conversation with people. We had kind of like a list of questions that we could ask because. We're not usually so good at the small talk, but one thing that we, that I learned this week was just that reminder of like how fulfilling it is to meet new people and how in our lives, we don't really put ourselves in the position to do so. And every new person is an opportunity for something to happen. And and most of my first businesses really came about from networking. And so there is so much power and so much joy that comes from just getting out and meeting people. And so we are officially like, I would say maybe the best wedding guests. So you are so open to invite us to your weddings because we're really good fun because we meet all of the people.
0: How many people do we actually talk to though? Out okay, of a like, hundred?
1: Okay, out of I think there was eighty people there, and maybe we spoke to like twenty five. <laughs> so
0: it's still a good effort. We've
1: got to be better. We're going to do better at the next wedding. So the next wedding that we get invited to, whoever that is, get ready. It's going to be Steph and Tim all over your friends.
0: <laughs> I got a bit busted up, so that probably was me. Back yeah, there, so yeah, I couldn't same. Really talk. So my learning of the week, guys. Steph and I have been on an acupuncture journey, okay? So we're going full Chinese medicine route. For us it was a little bit of like I well, will speak for myself here, like stress reduction, anxiety reduction, etc. So I learned this thing called the jing, okay? I learned this thing called the jing. And what the jing is is at the point of conception the male and the female or the mother and the father will imprint their genes their mood their energy the state of their being at the time of conception into the child and that goes in via the egg and the uh, sperm which is pretty fucking fascinating so if you've got a hectic kid or you've got a kid that doesn't sleep, or you've got a crazy kid, or you've got something going on with your kid, it could be your jing. And that sounds so random, Steph. Give me a question about the jing. (laughs)
1: Like, I have a question for you. When is the point of conception?
0: So I've been looking into this. The point of conception is five days after you have had Sexual intercourse with your partner
1: in out it so let 's go so the jing is like it, it's the actually it 's not the imprint of the moment that you're having sex it's the imprint of like later on five days later, however you 're feeling on that point of conception, like I think it's like three to five days later. In that period, if you can, like, reduce as much stress as possible, be happy, be content in life, then you're more likely to pass good jing onto your child and therefore have a more happy, bouncy, you know, bubbly, whatever, calm baby. Interesting.
0: All right. We're not going to dive into sex on this podcast, but Steph, what are we talking about today?
1: So we are going to, what we're talking about though is very sexy. And I think that's worth mentioning. So how to turn your marketing into sales. Okay. We have realized that there is a lot of misinformation out there about marketing. And if you're watching the video back of this, I'm putting that in inverted commas. A lot of people seem to think that by, that your marketing equals your sales, that maybe if you outsource your marketing to like a social media manager. You're going to get more sales. That if you run Facebook ads, it's going to equal sales. But it's actually very rarely true. There is a big difference between marketing and sales. And today we're going to break down that difference for you and give you some hard and fast tips on how to market to actually convert to sales. So tell me, Tim, what is the main difference between marketing and sales, and where are people going wrong?
0: I'm completely unprepared for this. So I'm going to give you my best definition for this. So in my definition, the difference between marketing and sales, marketing is building awareness, building know, like, and trust about you and your product and your brand, et cetera. And then selling is the art of taking them from interested to sold in your business. I think the differentiation or the difference between the two is you could go out and do a bunch of sales. And what that would look like would be cold outreach, pitching people, making offers, making calls, et cetera. That would be selling what makes selling easier is if you have done marketing because they have a no like, and trust on you. What marketing would look like, in my opinion, would be doing a bunch of content, be doing YouTubes, be doing podcasts like you're listening to right now. Sign up to Successful.io if you guys want to go to that. So that would be my difference between sales and marketing. Steph, what have I forgot there?
1: No, nothing. I think it's perfect. I think you've absolutely uh, nailed that. On the you-
0: spot. Your marketing, Let's go.
1: <laughs> Your marketing process is all about, you know, solving problems. Telling them about your solution, you know, really tapping into that human desire and the human need. It's like Tim said about building that know, like, and trust. And I think that what happens and where it's going wrong for people right now is we're seeing a lot of people rely on their marketing to sell. Or they're trying to sell through their marketing, which comes off as the opposite of what you're trying to do. So it's not trustworthy. It feels money hungry and it can feel very pushy.
0: All right, Steph, I have a question for you. So what do we need to have in our marketing to drive sales? I know this is very specific and you're all on the edge of your seat wanting to know.
1: So what do you have to have in your marketing to drive sales? Well, first of all, you need to understand that people who come into your world, whether that's via Facebook ads, whether that's on Instagram, whether that's because we're YouTube, however they come in, they're going to be at different awareness levels. Okay. And I wanted to run you guys through today, like the basic, like the basics of awareness levels and how to market based on different awareness levels. Okay. Because if you think about it, if someone was wanting to, you know, buy a vacuum cleaner, the first thing they're going to do is like realize they have a problem. I'm like, oh my God, my floor's so dirty. I wonder how I can clean my floor. Okay. And then they're gonna be, like, okay, well, I wonder what I could do to clean my floor. Well, there's probably some tool that's been created to help me clean my floor. So maybe they're gonna to go to Google and be like, what's the best way of cleaning my floor? Right. So that is like that is the process. Then obviously they're gonna do their research, they're gonna come across lots of different vacuum cleaners, they're gonna do price comparisons, they're gonna look at all the different features and benefits, they're gonna eventually pick one, right? That's the process of taking someone from, you know, not aware or, or or slightly problem aware of what they have the problem and also all the way through to conversion. All right. So let me just break this down for you guys really simply. There are, that I'm going to talk about today, four different awareness levels. So there's not aware. So not aware means they're unaware they have a problem. We see a lot of mindset coaches marketing to people who are not aware. Fitness coaches marketing to people who are not aware. Okay. If someone doesn't think that they're overweight or that they're physical, if someone is telling themselves they're fit and healthy and they believe that they're not going to be interested in going to a gym. Right, They're not aware they have a problem. So if you are marketing to people who are not aware that they have a problem yet, I would totally, totally change direction in your marketing because unless you've got a massive budget to help them see that they've got a problem, it's going to cost you a lot of money to take them from not aware to problem aware.
0: I'll just butt in here. You don't want to try to educate a market on problems that you think they have. It's very expensive. Okay, You definitely want to go another way around your marketing.
1: Yeah, let the big corporates do that for you. So big corporates will have huge marketing budgets where they will try to make people more aware of the problem they have. So let them do that for you. Let them become problem aware, and then you can ca- can cash in on on that awareness level for them. So the next step is problem aware. So they have just discovered that they have a problem. Right. So I've just discovered that my floor is dirty. Oh my gosh! There's dog hair everywhere, and now they've got questions and they've got lots of them. Okay. So at this point, a problem where it's like, Oh my God, I've just discovered I've got this problem. I have so many questions now, like, what is this on my floor? You know, how do I get it up? Should I use water? Should I be using a cleaning solution? Should I be just getting a mop out? Should I be getting like, do I mop or do I vacuum first? Right. So there might be a lot of questions that I have. This is like the worst example of all time, but there might be a lot of questions I have about how to actually manage this process now. So the kind of content that you are going to create Here for problem-aware people, so people who are just become aware they have a problem, is more in-depth content about the problem. So kinds of content that you can create on social media, on, you know, Facebook, even as like guides and things like that, blogs, YouTubes, would be like, you have X problem, now what? You're experiencing X problem and here's what's really happening right? So really more in-depth content about the problem. The five types of dirt that you might see on your floor as an example, right? Blogs, article guides, YouTubes, anything that's like quite educational here for for people who are going to Google and like, what am I doing? This is where they're going to find that. So like in the fitness world for Tim, people are going to to Google all the time to like, how do I lose five kilos of fat? Like that's where they're going to find their information. And so if Tim's creating lots and lots of blogs about that, your blogs have been recently blowing up, haven't they?
0: Yeah. I want to give you guys a little pro tip with this. So I've been using ChatGPT for blogs, and what I did was essentially found a blog structure that I wanted ChatGPT to use. So I say, hey, ChatGPT, I want you to write a blog on X topic, and I want you to include X keywords using this structure. Bang, it spits it out. About It's about 95% epic. Sometimes it puts Zs instead of Ss and little things like that. You've got formatting errors, but my admin can do that, actually, our virtual assistant, and she can push out three blogs a week. They've been blowing up. Just by using ChatGPT, because we're looking for people that are also problem aware and solution aware so my business is a lot of people come through as problem aware they look in the mirror they're like you know i need to lose weight they jump on google and they start searching like uh, weight loss gym perth or group fitness perth or something like that that would be more solution aware but the 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 whole point here is people are searching for these things so if you want to show up on google and seo you need to be targeting with blogs, articles, guides, YouTube's, that kind of stuff.
1: More often than not, when people realise they have a problem, they don't go to Instagram to solve their problem. Most of the time when they go to problem, or when they're problem aware, they're going to Instagram to distract themselves from the problem. Okay. That's not to say you can't market them there, but what I'm saying is like most people who are problem aware, if that's the, org- the area that you're marketing, they're going to Google. And then from Google, they will find blogs, they will find articles, they will find YouTubes. This is where like getting featured in media is really helpful as well. Like these sorts of things are, are really powerful here. Okay. So we have not aware, avoid. We have problem aware. They've just discovered their problem. You want to really teach them more about the problem, help them to understand the problem a lot more. The next step is solution aware. So the good news here is that your prospect or potential client now knows they have a problem or need, and they're actually starting to get answers, including how to fix it. So now I'm aware that there are vacuum cleaners. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, there's this thing that sucks up all my dirt for me. But the problem is now that there are so many different types of vacuum cleaners. We have personally opted for the RoboVac.
0: Yeah, we have tons of vacuum cleaners. <laughs>
1: we actually, Tim loves to vacuum. We it? have He's, three. We do have three. It's not a big house. <laughs> So the, so the solution aware stage is really around talking about your offering. So it's really proof that your offering can solve the problem. Okay. And this is paramount because they want the problem solved and they want it right now. And they want to know that your solution works. So really good kinds of content around solution awareness like case studies, success stories of your clients. These are kind of ideal vehicles for showing your reader just how well your solution does that other kinds of content that you might share on social media around this might be like you have this problem here's more information about it and here's the solution in three steps right so really letting them know that you understand that there is a solution and really pointing towards your offer as the solution right so a lot of the proof that gets built here is from the case studies and the success stories the last one that I'm going to talk about today is called product aware so They're now looking around at all the different things that are on the market. They're choosing between you and your competitor. Now is the time to show them why yours is the one to pay attention to. So what is your special method for getting results? How are you different? How does your process work? And the different ways that you could do this is like you could showcase your work via lead magnets. So how-to guides, video trainings, you could do product walkthroughs. So for Success School, we have a a 20 minute video that we send out to people who are choosing between us and a client. We actually walk through all of the tools and systems that we have in the program to show how it's different, right? So you can do product walkthroughs, you can do market comparisons. So especially if you're in like web design, graphic design, any of those spaces, do a market comparison. If you're more expensive, why is yours better and more expensive? Like talk about it publicly. Video testimonials are really great here too. Video testimonials from clients or any really kind of testimony from clients, but video ones work really well. At this point at Product Aware, you're really convincing them that you are the one they want to work with. Other types of content that can work really well here, especially if you're a personal brand or your business is based off of a personal brand is opinion-based thought leadership content. So opinion-based thought leadership content is like, this is what I believe. And because I believe this, this is what I teach people who love that version of it. So like, for example, Tim and I believe in hard work, we believe that, yeah, it does get to be easy in business at a certain point, but if you're looking for a coach, that's going to be fluffy and tell you, it's going to be amazing from day one. You're going to have a six figure launch in your first year, like that's we're not those people that's not it it. like we're not going to teach that and so because we're really upfront honest in our content and in the content that we create we attract people who are really realistic about what they want and because of that they get far better results much faster
0: i'll just tack on one thing here for product aware so i was recently looking at mailer light okay which is an email automation tool they do landing pages a bunch of stuff so i had a look on their website and all their blogs was mailer light versus active campaign so it was a comparison. So that was a lot of their marketing was MailerLite light versus go high level. And it showed like the price, how many emails you can send. And like it was basically like a dropped out comparison. And they were trying to you know, prove themselves as the best option, which is really going into that product aware stuff, that state, sorry. So you want to think about, is your prospect product aware? Are they solution aware or are they problem aware? Okay. Most of the time your prospect or who you want to work with is going to be in one of those. And you want to be nailing your marketing message around either of them.
1: The thing to add here is just like, guys, As we've just shared, there are so many different types of content on so many different platforms that we've shared here. To take someone from problem aware to actually buying your stuff in your marketing isn't just about, hey, here's my offer and here's my occlusions and buy my stuff. That was never mentioned at all, right? Because if someone's problem aware and you're just offering them features and benefits of your program they're probably not going to buy because they don't even know what the solutions are right now. So you do need to have a variation of content that's going out from blogs to, you know, video content to, you know, client testimonials. It does need to be a very varied scope of content that you need to be sharing all throughout the, you know, throughout the year. So like for Successful, as an example, on on my personal social media, we share, you know, client wins, we share new clients that are signing up for social proof. We share thought leadership-based content. We share... Easy hacks on this podcast. We share specific tips and tricks. We have a YouTube which has you know a few followers, 19,
0: 19 subscribers.
1: subscribers so far. Thank
0: you so much for we the loyal subscribers.
1: Love you guys so much. We appreciate you. So, we are trying all different ways to grow. We run Facebook ads for, for people who are problem aware. And so, there are so many different things that we are trying. We have a really robust marketing plan. And the thing is that we see going wrong is that most people, one, rely solely on one platform. And two, within that one platform, all they're trying to do is marketing that is, it's actually just selling. It's like, here's my offer, here's what's included, buy it. And by doing that, you're actually missing an opportunity to educate your clients, to get them to know, like, and trust you and to choose you based on your own thoughts. So Tim, based on this, can you still sell in your marketing? So like, is that still something that you can do though?
0: Yes. So... Most quote unquote experts will say for every value post you can, four value posts, you can do one sales post. Personally, I disagree with that. My tactic or strategy around that is just provide constant value. And then when you're selling something, then you can do some selling. So let's say you do a launch every three months and you're marketing hard for a week. I would probably like, if we're talking social media here, I would probably do your selling in stories and email. That would probably be my place to do it. Also with paid marketing, I mainly sell to warm audiences. So warm audiences like email for um, email subscribers, uh, social media followers, engagers, people that are open lead forms. Et cetera, et cetera. So, you can sell in your marketing, but marketing should be about value. You know, predominantly. I don't want to be like value. You know, in inverted commas, like every social media manager says. Like, if you want to get anywhere in business, you got to provide value. That's so vague, but. Like honestly, most of the marketing has to be around value and then you can sell every now and then. But if you're just someone that's like just pitch city, like all you're doing is pitching and selling and pitching and selling, it's gonna look pretty bad as a business and it's not gonna last. We've seen that go wrong tons of time. People just launching programs and courses all the fucking time and then your message just becomes numb and then you just become like everyone else.
1: Yeah, and I think that like you definitely can still sell in your marketing, but just like talk about the problems. (laughs) Like the the best when Tim talks about value, it's like the value comes from understanding your client's problems And then helping them to educate themselves on how to solve them. And one of the ways that they solve them is by working with you, but not everybody's going to work with you. So just give away some of the stuff that they're still going to need you, right? Like you can tell someone how to step-by-step build a website, but I can guarantee you, they're not going to want to do it. Some people will, but most won't. They're still going to want to pay someone to do it for them, right? Everything that we know about business, we learned from someone, right? So we figured out ourselves, but we figured it out, you know, through hard work and hard yakka. Correct. Probably everything we know really is probably on YouTube and a lot of it we share in this podcast, right? But the truth is that people still need coaches. They still need someone to help them to take that information and distill it in a way that makes sense for them or to, to give them personalized feedback, yeah? So it's really important that you look, you still give away some of that information. Maybe not every single thing about it, but give away some of it and know that the right people are still going to need your help. Tim, What is the best way to get more sales fast?
0: The best way I've ever seen is the beta post. And if you followed either Steph or I for a while, we've, I don't know if you've ever launched a beta post.
1: I have once, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I've done a ton of beta posts. So you can go on my personal Facebook page, Tim Frey, and I have done a ton of beta posts. Essentially, a beta post is, you know, you're running a beta round of something, you know, in exchange for feedback, in exchange for coaching, and in exchange for X, Y, Z, you're going to give them a discount. Usually that's like 50% off the program. And you're going to take a limited amount of people and you're going to promise an outcome in that i've seen when people have posted that on instagram facebook you know emailed it out literally everywhere i've seen up to 50 to 60 leads or inquiries that have come in on that personally for me every time i do it i get sales fast from it steph what about you what's the best way to get more sales for you
1: I think, like, definitely the beta post is a, is a 100% a go to. The other best way to get it is we have a couple of templates that we give out in Success School that are for posting in Facebook groups. And our clients always get leads from that and always manage to get some sales. But the beta post for sure is by far, far and wide the best thing ever. And if you want a copy of the beta post, we share it with our clients in Success School. So just so you know.
0: All right, let's get into our listener questions. So the first one is from Kara G How do you find the right mentors? We'll start with Steph. What do you think?
1: So look, at the end of the day, like everyone's going to have a different answer to this, but at the end of the day, for me, I can tell you how I look for mentors. I look for people who have done it. So my number one thing is like anybody these days can call themselves a coach, a money coach, a mindset coach, a business coach. I'm looking for someone who's done the reps for me personally. So I want to see that they've done what I want to do. So for example, I would only take advice now on businesses on business or finance from someone who is, you know, earning at least five plus million a year finances, someone who's, you know, got multiple millions of dollars, but they also have lots of assets. They have lots of passive income. I want to learn from people who have really done it, not just saying they've done it, have actually done it, have proof that they've done it. So that's one thing. The second thing is like the values have to align. So um, one of the mentors that we've just recently hired, he has the same values as us. He has a lifestyle value. He doesn't want to work all day, every day. He doesn't want to have huge teams. He doesn't want to travel all over the world for presentations and webinars. And that's very much the same as us. And so we don't want to learn business from somebody who's going to be like, hey, you need to travel around the world into every country three times a year to make all of your money. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. And I'm sure that does work, but that's not the way that we want to do it. And so we want to find somebody who has the same lifestyle values as us. Like if you look at even Alex Hormosey, like, gosh, he's a legend and we love his teachings. But like for us, like we probably wouldn't take... A business coach, we wouldn't be paying for business coaching because he's gonna be like, just work harder, just do more. <laughs> like, that's not from a lifestyle perspective what we're really 100% interested in right now. And so I think it's just really important to find people who, one, have done it, have proof that they've done it. Like, we wanna hire the best of the best, not like some backyard person who maybe can help me get a result. Like, I'm gonna put my money down. I wanna know that they know how to generate that result. And two, they, we have similar values. Tim?
0: My answer to this, very much similar to Steph. I just want to like give this a little bit more context. So don't hire a mentor who hasn't done what you want to do. And an example here is business coaching. There is a million business coaches out there. 99% of them have never actually had a real business. And what I mean by real business is real staff in like a Western country that you've got to pay. You've got payroll, you've got taxes, you've got GST. You've got all the shit that goes with that. Like a, A business like a gym. Like You've got to go through the ringer and actually know business to coach it and there's a lot of like online business coaches that pop up and they have never actually done the thing that you guys want to do and people are taking advice from them and wondering why it sucks and then it's giving everyone else a bad name in the industry same thing with finance guys if you want to take really good finance advice go find someone that's rich and that's done it okay and they didn't get rich from just like getting lucky 40 years ago in the property boom and now they're like haha fucking millennials you know like and you guys don't just, know shit yeah
1: and not just someone who says they're rich someone who is rich yeah all right and so they're there are like ways that it's like, you can see that. Like, for example, one of our mentors, we wanted to learn about property investing. One of our mentors bought eight houses in one year. Like, cool. How did you do that? <laughs> Tell us the strategy for how did you, you know, build the capital to be able to buy and buy and buy and invest and invest and invest. And how did you get the bank loads across the line? How did, you, how did you manage to do that in one year? How much money did you actually need? Like find someone who's actually got proof that they've done it. Cause anyone can go online and say, I made seven figures. I made six figures. Like find someone that's showing you the proof of it.
0: And then lastly on this one, I don't want to beat this one to death, but you want to find people that have done their course, their program, they've done mentorships with them previously and then ask for their advice. But you want to take that with a pinch of salt, okay? So you don't want to ask someone that's done their course and I'm doing my inverted commas again and not actually done the course, okay? So someone that's gone through our program Success School has gone through every module, showed up to every call and has actually implemented the stuff we've taught them. Yeah, you could go and ask them about Success School versus someone that hasn't shown up and hasn't done shit. They would have two differing opinions on it. But to get what you want to get out of mentorship, you got to put in the work as well. So over to our second question, Steph, what do you say on camera without forgetting what you're talking about? And also, so it feels like me when you're talking about your office, I've done about 10 takes this morning and still nothing to use. And that's from Sasha.
1: Yeah. I thought this was a really good question that was pretty in line with marketing. I think that like something that's worked for us, like we've done the talk to camera videos where, you know, we've, we've basically had scripts that we've had to like stop and pause and read and look up and then say the next line. And then we've got video editors to crop them together. And, and that was good, but it felt inauthentic to us as well because it didn't feel like it was a like this is really natural for us like right now we're having conversation it's not scripted there's some dot points in front of us but like you can feel that we're riffing right and so for us when we wanted to speak publicly on camera you want it to be about something that you know like the back of your hand so you can talk about it forever right and so it feels conversational so the thing that has really worked for tim and i is to have like to ask each other questions about topics that we we know like the back of our hands. So if I Like we haven't planned this podcast. So I've got a dot point in front of me here that says, ask Tim, like, can you still sell on your marketing? Everything that Tim said, he knew, right? So it's like, get someone to ask you questions on video. And you've seen some of our content like this when we're driving in our cars or whatever, if you go have a look at our, our social media. We're just asking each other questions that's just of our, it's just our genius stuff. It's stuff that we're really good at. So Sasha, knowing what you do, I would say something like along the lines of like, you know, what, like, what questions can you get someone to ask you about your industry? What questions can you get someone to ask you about the fears that your clients might have about, you know, doing what you do? Like how can you position yourself like such natural answers for you and maybe not having a camera right in your face? Because I think sometimes when the camera's right in your face, it just causes you to be a little bit like, ugh. make it like you're talking to a friend. It just feels so much more natural to get out your points
0: my only thing to add here is i have a photo on my phone or actually it's on my instagram and i was like the first couple of years of personal trainer about 13 years ago i was remember this the gym i was working for asked me to record a video and it was the first time i ever recorded a video and it took me 62 takes over three hours to get a two-minute video and that was the first time ever and i still don't feel smooth on camera but i'm a hell of a lot fucking better than i was 13 years ago the point i'm trying to get out here is When you're first starting out, especially talking to camera, it's awkward, it's confusing, you don't know what to say, you lose your word tracks, you suck in general. And then eventually you get better and you get better and you get better. It's like anything like driving a car, you know, holding hands with someone. Maybe that's a weird example there. Driving a car, cooking, Steph's still struggling with that one. But, you know, like the whole point here is you get better and better and better as you go.
1: You have to suck before you get good, guys. So, yeah, it's hard, but it's you know the more you do it the better you get I actually have like I every now and then resurface my first ever video from my first ever business and it is like literally the most awkward thing that I've like it's hard for me to watch I'm like hello and welcome to house of hobby and it's just like so awkward I might even resurface it again soon so you guys can see but the most awkward thing ever and now we're so natural on camera and it does just take time
0: Guys, if you have any questions for our listener questions segment, please message us on Instagram, Steph Gorton, Tim Frey, you guys will find us there, or send us an email, whatever you guys want, but we would love to answer your questions. As always, guys, subscribe and follow the show, and don't forget to share it with someone who could find this valuable. And lastly, guys, leave us a review, five stars only, otherwise do not bother.
1: Guys, it was so nice to be in your ears again today. We would love it if you gave us some feedback about what you're loving about the podcast. Tim and I really, really, really love getting your messages. So send them on through. But otherwise, have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week.
0: Audience exclusive.